Welcome back to the third hour of the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, sitting in, is Missy Clifton, and we have a special guest. It's Dave Warren, W-A-R-N, of Forerunners of America. Dave's recently written an article, Why Christians Must Use Discernment When Following the Science and Data. So over to you, Tom. Okay, the music is the second movement of the 34th symphony by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Uh, it's played by the Vienna Symphony, uh, or I'm sorry, Philharmonic, and directed by a fellow named Carl Berm, B-O-M-L-O-H-M, who lived from 1894 to 1981 in Austria his whole life, went through the Nazi occupation and lived uh, to uh, the age of, I think, about 87 years old. Died in 1981. But he is the best-known conductor of Mozart, uh, also Wagner, the operas, and uh, Johann, uh, Johannes Brahms and Strauss. So <laughs> he's the quintessential German, uh, Germanic uh, conductor. And in my opinion, if you don't familiarize yourself with the work of Mozart, um, you should because he's a towering genius. His music will be listened to for the rest of recorded time. And I believe in, in the afterlife also. So uh, he's uh, remarkable and died in his 30s. Okay, we're going to talk about uh, something that many of us know quite a bit about, or at least think we do. Uh, we have been told since uh, the COVID-19 uh, virus became uh, ubiquitous in early to mid-2020 uh, that there are certain things that we must do and certain protocols we must follow because science tells us this. <laughs> Every time I ever heard the, the, the Dr. Fauci talk about the science, you know, I would always think of that song by Thomas Dolby. <laughs> she blinded me with science. And in a sense, it's kind of the same thing. We have, we're told what the science must do. Now, Dave Warren, who's on the line with us today, uh, the founder of a group called Forerunners of America has occupied and is building a niche for himself in what I would call uh, a prophetic slash warning, true to his last name, message to the church about buying into certain things that maybe are not truthful. And uh, he is very thorough in his research. Uh, this is not a, a paper per se. It's, it's an article. It's on the website, Forerunners of America. Uh, you can Google his name, Dave Warren, W-A-R-N, Forerunners of America. But he, it really, in my opinion, courageously addresses uh, this issue of 
sort of blindly following this, quote, science that we've been told is going to govern how we do things and probably will do so for decades to come at this point because they, they sort of tried it on and uh, Americans are comfortable with it. I still notice when I'm in a public place, especially certain type places, probably 25% of the people out there, maybe 30, I don't know, Missy, you might have a better feel for it yourself, are still wearing masks. It's been absolutely proven beyond any shadow of a doubt to, to that it's useless. Masks simply don't stop anything. Vaccines. I mean, I, I know vaccinated people who are now on their fourth case of COVID. They've had it four times. Uh, and those of us who choose not chose not to go that route uh, have just not been plagued and, and are not certainly not obsessed with mask wearing in public. Okay, that's my opinion. Dave is here to talk about his research. Dave, welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Yeah, hi Tom. Thanks, Tom, and hi Missy. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, she's flustered. She can barely talk. She's so excited about asking you <laughs> questions. <laughs> so, Dave, why did you write this piece? Yeah, I really felt led of the Lord to write it and put it out this summer, being the summer of 2022. You know, we had had so many debates, as you just alluded to here, Tom, that related to COVID. And it was like, you know, are, should I wear a mask or not? Are lockdowns good or not? Uh, should I get vaccinated or not? And these were inflammatory, divisive type discussions or, or debates or arguments. Anyway, a lot of this had sort of um, become... Uh, a bit more benign or, or not at least as inflammatory. And I felt like the Lord was saying, now is the time that we need to put this message out there when people can take their breath before something else comes, another pandemic or something else, and we can just talk about this. And so I, I wrote this article, um, as you identified, why Christians must use discernment when following the science and the data. Like, this is the time to have this discussion, not when we're in the throes of another pandemic. Right. I couldn't agree more, Dave. I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like that the last two years have probably been, and your article particularly hit me of, uh, you know, how shall we play God? Let me count the ways over the last two years. Hmm. Too many opportunities that were questionable. And, and if you don't mind, I'd like to just start off with one of the first questions um, I had for you, which I think that will, um, it's, right at the beginning of this article, you talked about how, you know, quickly in 2020 that things were deemed non-essential. And so I have a statement and a question for you. My, my statement is, I happen to believe that nurturing the spirit is just as important as nurturing the body. And so the act of communion, of being on your knees with other people, um, and, you know, asking for forgiveness and hearing the word was important to me. My question is, were you surprised that churches and church leaders were so compliant to the directive of being non-essential? Well, 
at first I would say I was not surprised because the media was pushing at us. I would say bombarding us with this phrase. It's a novel virus. We've never seen this before. Never mind that the common cold actually is a coronavirus, but we're not going to discuss that at the moment. But the point is, is everybody's taken off guard, including the church and the church leadership. And so close our doors, do everything. You know, we don't want people to die. And it was also portrayed if you get COVID that you probably will die. Again, never mind actual data that shows 99.7% of all people recover from COVID. And that's been true from the spring of 2020 up to the current day. The only thing I said that was slightly different is they said the recovery rate was 99.74%. They put the four on the end. Anyway, <laughs> the long and short of it is, is that I, I was not surprised at the beginning. Uh, quite honestly, I didn't know what to do either. Um, and I'm not a local church leader, but I'm a ministry leader of sorts. And so anyway, but as it dragged on and as we could clearly see that there were contradictions all over the place, there was scientists who were trying to speak, reputable scientists that were trying to speak that were being silenced. It was like, wait a second here. We should be giving everything much more attention, and we should be analyzing things for ourselves. People that would not go along with the broader narrative um, that the media was giving, often based on things that Dr. Fauci and others were saying, they were not being allowed to speak. That should have been a red flag to us immediately in 2020, and we sh at that point, the church should have awakened. And so in that way, I was surprised. I was surprised almost, if I can put it this way, the church censored itself, meaning you had a voice, you could have spoken, you could look at the data, you could look at the science, you could look at other scientists, but instead, the church chose, by and large, to say nothing and just go along with the public health policy that was being promoted by uh, government leaders and, and others and so forth. And so, so, yes, that over time, it became very surprising to me. Well, and as you mentioned very quickly in in this in this article, um, you know that liquor stores, your grocery store, the Walmart, the Target, none of those things were, uh, you know, th those were not spreaders. But the church, strip clubs, yeah, <laughs> those are essential. Everything else was, you know, was was a okay, but but your church was not, where you could have received, and particularly, you know, it was especially needed in that time frame. Absolutely. And I, I guess I want to just respond to that in a couple ways. Um, I believe the church had a golden moment in broader, broader culture, um, too. Um, certainly the individual church culture within each local church, but broader culture as well to be the answer. You know, in, um, in the Bible, pestilence, which is the biblical word for a pandemic, it's no different than saying the COVID-19 pandemic. So this is, in the Bible, the word pestilence or a broader term, plague, pestilence or plague are found 115 times in the Bible, which so when this broke out in the spring of 2020, I'm like, wow, um, we've got sermon after sermon right here prepared for us to preach already through all of these references of pestilence. And even pestilence will become more prevalent before Jesus' second coming, as will plagues, of course, as well. The long and the short of it is, is that the church was absolutely essential for 
all the reasons, Misty, that you, you identified here, here so far. But also, we were the ones that had divine revelation from God's Word to actually guide the ship. And again, we censored ourselves as if we don't have anything to say, meaning we gave people the impression in our own pews that God has no opinion. So I'm the pastor. I'm not saying anything. And that leaves people with the impression that God has no opinion about COVID and how to get out of it, why it started. All of this is explained in detail in scripture. And we, we could have addressed it. And so there was that huge missed opportunity, again, coming back to the idea that the church actually was essential, but um, actually in some ways proved itself not to be essential because it refused to speak into the issue of the day, which of course is COVID-19. Um, the other, the other area here too, as well, is that this is, should have been a time for the church uh, Christians, the leadership to circle up and be having vigorous debate and discussion about what is the science actually saying. But again, often never happened at elder boards or meetings or deacon board meetings and certainly not on Sunday morning. These were huge opportunities within our churches to have the discussion. And then um, at the very, very least, I think when something this big is coming at us, even though now we see it as such an exaggerated issue throughout the entire earth, although people really did die, I'm not denying that. It is a real virus. But the point being is, is that we should have called immediately our local churches, if not our whole nation, specifically to fasting and prayer to humble ourselves before God. Again, again, we had an opportunity to be essential, and in some ways we chose not to be essential. If I could like ring a bell, I would right now. That was that's a complete ding 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 for me. You actually even put up um, one of the next uh, things that I underlined in your article was people would believe almost anything if it was dressed up in the name of science. And I find that it 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 really completely baffled me. You know, we, we can say bacteria on Mars is evidence of life, but a fetal heartbeat isn't human life. And yet people took without any question, um, even when there were these disconnects, just as you mentioned, these disconnects after, you know, the initial shock and awe of it went down when, you know, um, when Burks, when they said 15 days to, to stop the spread, 15 days. And, you know, she's already admitted that she made that up, completely made that up. So I think it's funny how gullible as a, as a nation we were, that we were listening to these, these directions, these directives that were coming at us that actually made no sense. Yeah, so that phrase that you just said there, that people will believe anything that um, is dressed up in science, I actually got that from C.S. Lewis, which um, is a key part of this article. I was leaning on C.S. Lewis uh, for a number of things here. He saw the danger of following the science and the data in his lifetime. C.S. Lewis, of course, the Christian author and, um, and Oxford University scholar, he died in 1963, but during his life, he saw many technological advances, um, and he, and especially then World War II and after, he even had other concerns about how science could be used by governments to, um, you know, to control the people or to lead people down whatever path those in power would like. And 
Um, you know, so he makes a lot of interesting observations. And what really caught my attention is that he was sounding this alarm um, in the 1950s and until his death in, in 1963. And, and I'm like, he had no idea what we were going to be facing with COVID-19 in 2020 uh, and right up to the present day here in 2022. So anyway, uh, there's, a, there, there's a certain group of people who understand the science they're the only ones who are allowed to speak because they're the only ones who understand how a virus works and they're only the only ones who understand how the world works. Now, if we ever go further down this path, we may as well actually close the church doors because we are no longer following the Holy spirit. We're no, we've made science God actually. And this is something that C.S. Lewis talks quite a bit about is that science or reason actually becomes God, and then we have to follow it. And that, of course, is antithetical to everything we read about in Scripture. And I love this. I read uh, fear, you know, because this whole thing has been playing on our fear. Um, Instead of uh, a reliance in something greater than ourselves, fear. And the new definition is false evidence appearing rear. Real, excuse me. False evidence appearing. Oh, that real. that one's been around for a while. I like that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, not only was fear uh, tapped into, but people were actually encouraged to be afraid. Um, the other thing, uh, this uh, notion of vaccines being the answer for everything. I even had an elderly fellow tell me that he felt healthier after he took the vaccine. And the whole notion of beefing up your immune system that I've been working on for 30 years, eating right. And this is something that the left wing actually has promoted. You know, they threw it all out the window it's as if people's minds simply broke. Right. Um, yeah, there was a big, big, um, uh, of like a, a immobilizing a response on the part of the people where they didn't know how to think, they didn't know what to think, and then and then they're on top of that, they're concerned that either they're going to die or a loved one's going to die. And that, that bombardment of that message was thrown at us constantly all day long in various ways. And, um, and there's a, a Dr. McDonald based out of California. He wrote a book on this related to COVID-19. And Dr. McDonald said that he noticed when, when the switch went over to just absolute irrationality and that you couldn't talk to people anymore. And I think that's another word for us today that we need to realize that hard things come but let's not panic where we move into that irrational mindset. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I was one of those people that every time I heard we're in this together, I wanted to say, no, I'm not a part of the game show. <laughs> yeah, and if you, if you knew her, uh, uh, Dave, like we do, <laughs> that, that's, that's true. So. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to the, in the, next, uh, the next half of this about the brave souls that actually tried to speak out that were legitimate and, and were worth listening to. Great. Yeah, that's going to be great. 
All right, Dave, that takes us to our break in the third hour. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Joining us this hour is Dave Warren, W-A-R-N, with Forerunners of America. He is going to be so kind to join us for the second half of the hour, and we will have more information about why Christians must use discernment when following the science and the data. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. We're going to jump right in for the second segment with Dave Warren of Forerunners of America. Joining us as well as Missy Clifton, and here's our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay. Dave, uh, you know, what you talked about um, and, and did talk about in this article why Christians must use discernment when following the science and the data. This is an article that maybe could have been written in 2020, you know, before the horse was out of the barn. Um, And we weren't ready. The church is uh, emotionally, mentally, and constitutionally uh, flaccid, uh, fat, almost um, supine in the face of uh, real challenges. Uh, Churches have become uh, bubblegum concerts instead of tackling real, uh, severe, intellectual, moral, and spiritual issues. It exposed that. Um, And in a sense, uh, most places soundly defeated that doesn't mean that has to be uh the final verdict and it can't be because uh, jesus says he's preparing a bride well the preparation is suffering and difficulty and and being able to um, endure uh, severe consequences um, so we know we've got a long way to go on this, and this was a this this was this revealed, in many ways, sort of where we are. Uh, as Missy has just mentioned a minute ago, there were individuals who stemmed the tide and did not uh, submit to this insanity. Uh, there were professionals in the healthcare field that uh, spoke up, and uh, some were threatened with the ruination of their careers. Some people did have their careers ruined. I think it's interesting now that the establishment that, that most people have kind of seen through this. And I even saw an article the other day saying that uh, most people and who knows where these things come from. Most people or many people that had the vaccine wished that they hadn't. I think the media and those that rule us, um, uh, have now figured out, you know, this is probably not an issue that we can stir people up with. So let's kind of pretend it didn't happen. And we'll just go back and not say anything about the people whose lives were ruined uh, with this kind of stuff. Let's move on 
to the next thing, which might be, uh, I don't know, Donald Trump and trying to get him thrown in prison or uh, start a war with China. Uh, these kind of things will be very helpful in helping people you know, forget about this whole COVID fiasco. So I guess my question would be, you know, we know that there are folks that uh, were willing to stand against it, and they weren't necessarily uh, Christians taking a Christian stance. They were some, in many cases, they were just simply people just standing for good sense, which has become a very uh, passe sort of thing these days. But what's the way forward? I mean, your your organization and what you do is is designed to sort of speak to the church in a way that draws out people to do the things that are going to be necessary in in the coming days. And um, I mean, you bound to have thought about this, and I'd just be interested in your thoughts about that. And then we can obviously talk about some of the folks that that did resist. Yeah, maybe if it's okay, Tom, maybe we can start with just a couple of examples of those who did resist sure. top, yep, top scientists, medical doctors, and so forth. There's too many, of course, to even list, but I just a couple examples. Um, one is Dr. Peter McCullough. He is um, an internist and a cardiologist, and he also understands epidemiology, which of course is related to pandemics and all that at the heart of pandemics. Anyway, the long and the short of it is that he was largely silenced, marginalized. You had to, you could find him, but you had to look for him where in my opinion is as a nation, as the, the media or the government officials, if we were interested in solving COVID-19, what Dr. McCullough was saying should have been front page news, headline news. And yet he, he often was sidelined or, or um, maligned, and he said this. Um, well, let me back up and just say that more than any other medical doctor, he, uh, he wrote or uh, his articles in top medical journals, they were downloaded more than anybody else about the early treatment of COVID. So here's a guy that's saying, look, we don't even have a vaccine yet. At this point, the vaccine... Um, was uh, was part of the discussion, but it was still months uh, off and so forth until until they were going to start to um, approve and, and dispense it. But anyway, Dr. McCullough, he specifically explains, here's what, when somebody tests positive for COVID, here's the first thing you do. If he's better, good, we're done. Uh, uh, then here's the second thing you'll do. And it was a total protocol um, that he, he had posted again, other medical doctors downloading it um, uh, uh, to a large degree. And in the end, Dr. McCullough says that 85% of all COVID deaths were preventable. I mean, to me, this is good news. This is amazing. And yet he, he was not given the platform or the voice that he should have. I, I mean, his, the number of, of, on other topics too, his articles published in top medical journals, it's stunning. This isn't somebody that you could say is, is on the margins. This is a right up the middle, strong pillar in the medical community. And yet he had no voice. He was maligned 
as as well as you know Peter, I was following. I've I have been following Peter McCullough for for the last two years, but also Ryan Cole, Pierre Corey. I mean, I can go to a list of about fifteen doctors that were speaking out and were just as you were alluding to, were treating people successfully for COVID, and they they were not dying and they were not being hospitalized and they were not following the protocol that we now know hospitals were being paid. They were being financially, they were incented financially to follow a government protocol that was not working. So that's aside, but, but let, let me let me actually go back a little bit, Dave, because I want you to, to address something else is that, you know, even in your article, you talk, um, let's see, one of the other sentences that, that I underlined was, you know, that you, that people will have to, Christians particularly, will need to discern if reputable scientists are being maligned or silenced by other scientists, government leaders, social media platforms, and the media, et cetera. And that was one of the biggest things, and, and Tom and I have talked about uh, on this show before, is how is it science if it can't be debated publicly? If opposing voices are censored, and I just don't mean censored, they are censored, maligned, thrown under the bus, threatened, threatened, delicensed. You know, people just don't seem to understand that the CDC is not an independent agency. It is a vax company that owns over 20 vaccination patents and generates billion dollars a year selling vaccinations. So I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm confused as to the, the reliance on the, the three letter organizations that we have. Follow the money. I mean, if you, if you look at what's been perpetrated on us and who's wealthier now and who's poorer, uh, th- that, that's one element of it that it, just the business side of me, but go ahead, Dave. Yeah. You know, so we're looking at this, again, this mantra of follow the science. And, um, you know, and it's as if that when this one group of people speak that, um, that, uh, you know, you've got, you've got the media supporting constantly um, and and mostly uh, giving them credibility while discrediting other scientists and people that also have voice. The problem with this fundamentally is that when you say follow the science, it almost sounds like if you truly follow the science, all people will come up with the same conclusion. And therefore, therefore, basically everybody needs to get in line. But this is, um, I'm quoting Dr. Uh, Joseph Mercola, but he explains in one of his articles that the bona fide experts are found on all sides of any given empirical scientific question. And so now we get into back into COVID and we look at the Great Barrington Declaration signed by all of these medical doctors, medical professionals, um, people that also many of them understand pandemics and infectious diseases and so forth. And they too uh, were not able to get their message out there if it didn't fit with the narrative that was adopted by the media. And so, um, there's there's this fundamental flaw that says if we're following the science and the data, we'll have one clear way forward. When it's always been, this is what scientists are finding. You draw your conclusions, and now everybody needs to decide for themselves. Of course, that is not what happened over the last two years. 
No. And, you know, you, you bring up the Great Barrington Declaration. That was such a fascinating. I actually watched the four-hour presentation and a, a shortened two-hour presentation they did when they meet when they first came when they first did their their meeting um, with the three doctors and it was interesting because since you know what's what's evolved since the Great Barrington Declaration and for anybody listening their main piece was is that our response our worldwide response was was more detrimental than helpful that the lockdowns would disproportionately really hurt people, children, the depressed, uh, addictions, et cetera, and so on, um, that it was the absolute wrong response to have. Since, you know, in the, it, it's not, it's interesting because those three main doctors um, who are, what was it, Harvard, Stanford, and um, Oxford uh, educated, um, they actually don't agree on the vaccination protocol, which is another interesting little piece. But um, so again, you know, in these great minds, that's why it, it is important for us to be able to see healthy debate and understanding of our next actions and how we're supposed to respond. Okay, let me just insert this. And I don't know that you actually uh, talk about this as much in your article. We're speaking with Dave Warren, W-A-R-N. He's the founder of Forerunners of America. And the article is Why Christians Must Use Discernment When Following the science and the data. One of the things that that I've studied for years are the drug companies. And um, you would have to say that the biggest beneficiaries of the COVID-19 virus was the pharmaceutical companies. And uh, if you go back in the history of, of pharmaceutical companies, you really start with things like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what is it that uh, – What's it called? The, I don't the, know. The basic you? thing that you – infections. <laughs> uh, well, you, you take it if you get an infection in your throat or something. That's What's it called? Or amoxicillin or uh, – yeah, uh, uh, yeah, penicillin. 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 Okay. That was kind of the beginning. But then my feeling is that for the last many years uh, – Pharmaceutical companies, because of the way that they're structured and because of the way that the business flow is and because of the fact that when you find uh, a, a, a drug that works, you've only got 18 years uh, from when you present it to the FDA and then it might take seven years to get through the, the approval process and so you're only going to be able to market it for 11 years before it goes generic, the drug companies have looked for a disease for which they can create a drug. It's how the business works. You know, they're, they're, they promote stuff on there. And go ask your doctor. You're telling the patient to go tell your doctor to prescribe it to you like they don't know already. You know, they market. This is what they do. They market. We don't own any drug companies. And because I don't like the business model, the business model benefits from something like this. So I don't think you can, I don't think there's any way on earth that you can diminish the role of money and profit in this whole thing. Well, uh, C.S. Lewis, um, going back to um, our, our pre previous segment uh, here, is C.S. Lewis talked about how science can easily be corrupted, and he saw it in his days. So when we're talking about this kind of money, as you're highlighting, Tom, 
of course science can be corrupted. And I think that needs to become the mantra, at least for a short season. So we put some balance on this thing. Right now, we're worshiping science as if it's God, as, as if science is going to solve all our problems or ultimately be our savior, even with whether it's something specific like COVID or something else. It's like uh, we cannot worship the science and money does matter. It plays into our motives as well as other things. Do you think over the last two years, every politician um, only only had our best interests in mind related to COVID or were there a political agenda? Well, of course, we're all human beings. And as C.S. Lewis identifies, science is easily painted and easily corrupted. Put money in there, follow the money. Um, I think of the, uh, the Minnesota senator now running for governor uh, of Minnesota. Um, at the moment, his name escapes me, but he early on, he said, look, the hospitals are being incentivized by the government for getting a positive COVID test or putting somebody on the ventilator. Um, you need, or, or admitting somebody in the hospital with, because of COVID. Follow the money. That's a big part of this. Now, I personally believe there's other issues going on here too. Um, that are not necessarily focused on money, although that would be a huge one. The long and the short of it is, can we tell each other in the church or whatever kind of uh, a leadership group we find ourselves, can we, can we tell each other that not all science and data are, are, are objective? Absolutely. And therefore, people are reading biasness into it. Gosh, you know... Um Dave, look no further than the FDA's approval of, of Oxycontin. The lives that it ruined in in certain, particularly in certain segments of of the country. Hey, that's good stuff. I mean, what what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it, really our whole medical model is is kind of screwed up, and we know that we've known it for some time. If you just study it, uh, the incentives are all wrong. It's not based on health. It's based on find a, a disease and treat it and get paid to do that. Dave, I want to talk a little bit about your ministry uh, and what you guys do and how, if anybody has heard this today uh, and, and are interested in the uh, work of and knowing more about forerunners, of America and just talk, we got about four and a half minutes here. Talk a little bit about what you guys do and, and kind of who your target market is, if you will. Sure. Um, so for runners of America, uh, my wife and I launched this ministry eight years ago in 2014. And simply what we're doing is that we're warning the nation from a biblical perspective and um, I, I see us as sort of as you might think of Isaiah or John the Baptist or somebody like that, where you're warning the nation um, as best as you can discern, warning God's perspective. And so that's what we're doing. But we also want to help people respond in faith. We just don't want to warn people uh, of these these huge um, consequential topics like we've discussed today. We want to help people know the way forward. We want to help people respond in faith and see greater fruit. And so, you know, in the biblical term in John 15, I've seen um, uh, greater fruit, which, which Jesus explains as the heart of the father is that we all bear much fruit. And I think when we look at 
confusing, um, even at times evil aspects here of our culture today and what's going on. We need to be bearing more fruit. We want to be on the solution side of these things. So both exposing danger and, and lies and um, if cultures go far enough in this area, obviously warning people of divine judgment uh, over nations or over our nation, all of that. But then, again, helping people be on the solution side and bearing much fruit is how I would summarize that. And so, um, you know, that's what's really captured my heart here for the last eight years. I'm so grateful for how God has led us in this ministry. And um, we had no idea, of course, that COVID was coming or we spoke into critical race theory and the race riots a couple summers ago and all these kinds of things. We had no idea this stuff was coming, but God had positioned us to to be ready to speak into it and, and that kind of thing. And so I, I also want to just add in there is helping churches respond in faith collectively as a whole, um, meaning meaning we have to find our voice on every topic. I think some of the most important topics in the culture today are not culture wars. They're actually spiritual wars. And, you know, so here I'm not only including the topics uh, that I just did, but also LGBTQ, human sexuality, all kinds of things like this, um, you know, the pro-life uh, a movement and so forth, all kinds of things like this include how God will ultimately deal with America. And so, um, so anyway, just to, in summary, uh, we want to help people um, have that heart of John the Baptist. That's who we named forerunners after in Luke one seventeen, in the NASB version of, of the, the Bible that it actually uses the word forerunner. And we want to help people be ready uh, both uh, for greater difficulty ahead, but also for greater harvest and greater ministry ahead. And so, um, so if those are uh, topics that that uh, your listeners are interested in, um, like you said, Tom, you can find us at forerunnersofamerica.org. Um, if you want to get behind us financially or volunteer in some way, you can you can contact us there. There is a donate page for those that want to give. There's also a place just to uh, send us an email at info at forerunnersofamerica.org. And I love it, um, Dave, you end your article with um, remembering that Jesus said, follow me, even when it may not be in agreement with conventional wisdom. Yeah. That's a perfect place to, I'm sorry to cut you off, Dave, but we got to jump. That's a perfect place to wrap it up. We'll be putting the information and links to Dave Warren's website, Forerunners of America, on our website, on the blog and radio tab, duprefinancial.com slash blog and radio. We appreciate you listening this week, and we will talk to you next week.